Good morning. Today is Saturday, the 9th of March, 2019. I am your friendly and regular person, Jaka, here to read the daily office with you, specifically the morning prayer, right to from the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer. I must apologize to anybody who's a regular listener. Um, so far, my Lenten discipline of sharing with you at least one of these every day either morning or evening prayer, uh, and my intent to say both morning and evening prayer, whether with you or in other um, communities, has uh, been thwarted. Yesterday I had some technical difficulties and half of my recording turned out completely blurry. I am searching for a better recording service that is do-it-yourself because I don't ever want this to be a um, I don't ever want to charge for podcasts. I am humbled and awed that you would even want to listen to them, and I cannot imagine charging you for them. Therefore, I have to do this kind of on my own and as a freebie. So I've been using the Apple phone recording um, voice memos, and that worked out really well until the last time that they updated it. And now I have a lot of trouble with it. And I've tried a couple of other ways to record, and what I need is something that records clearly and easily, is free, and I can pause. So I can stop and start and go back, um, pause in the middle of recording, which a lot of the podcast embedded services don't do, and keep going. So forgive me as I struggle with my technical difficulties. I am doing my best to be there for you. And to continue doing this because it's so valuable to me. A couple of you have reached out and said that it's valuable to them too. And so we're going to just overcome any speed bumps and keep on going. All right. That being said, today's readings are Psalms 30 and 32, Deuteronomy 7, 17 through 26, Titus 3, 1 through 15, Psalm, oh, I'm sorry. And our gospel reading is John 1, Chapter 1, verses 43 through 51. We begin on page 76 of the Book of Common Prayer. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and repents of evil. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will
will be forever. Amen. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us adore him. Be joyful in the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with a song. Know this, the Lord himself is God. He himself has made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and call upon his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness endures from age to age. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Come. Let us adore him. Psalm 30 I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord. O you his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Psalm 32 Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity. I said, I will, trans I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you. At a time of distress, the rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else it will not stay near you. Many are the torments of the wicked, 
but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy seven seventeen through 26 And I actually read this to you, well, you don't know that I read it to you yesterday because the recording didn't make it, but I accidentally read too long and read all this yesterday too. If you say to yourself, these nations are more numerous than I, how can I dispossess them? Do not be afraid of them. Just remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt, the great trials that your eyes saw the signs and wonders, the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples of whom you are afraid. Moreover, the Lord your God will send the pestilence against them until even the survivors and the fugitives are destroyed. Have no dread of them, for the Lord your God who is present with you is a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will clear away these nations before you, little by little. You will not be able to make a quick end of them, otherwise the wild animals would become too numerous for you. But the Lord your God will give them over to you, and throw them into great panic, until they are destroyed. He will hand their kings over to you, and you shall blot out their names from under heaven. No one will be able to stand against you, until you have destroyed them. The images of their gods you shall burn with fire. Do not covet the silver or the gold that is on them and take it for yourself, because you would be ensnared by it. For it is abhorrent to the Lord your God. Do not bring an abhorrent thing into your house, or you will be set apart for destruction like it. You must utterly detest and abhor it, for it is set apart for destruction. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Canticle 12 on page 88, and we will say the invocation, part one, which is the cosmic order, and then the doxology. Glorify the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, you angels and all powers of the Lord. O heavens and all waters above the heavens, sun and moon and stars of the sky, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord every shower of rain and fall of dew, all winds and fire and heat. Winter and summer, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O chill and cold, drops of dew and flakes of snow, Frost and cold, ice and sleet, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O nights and days, O shining light and enfolding dark. Storm clouds and thunderbolts, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let us glorify the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord, praise him, and highly exalt him forever. 
Our New Testament reading this morning is from the book of Titus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show every courtesy to everyone. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures. Passing our days in malice and envy, despicable, hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but according to his mercy, through the water of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, this spirit he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is sure. I desire that you insist on these things, so that those who have come to believe in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable to everyone, but avoid stupid controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. After a first and second admonition, have nothing more to do with anyone who causes divisions, since you know that such a person is perverted and sinful, being self-condemned. When I send Artemis to you, or Tychus, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. Make every effort to send Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way, and see that they lack nothing. And let people learn to devote themselves to good works in order to meet urgent needs, so that they may not be unproductive. All who are with me send greetings to you. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with all of you. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O ruler of the universe, Lord God, great deeds are they that you have done, surpassing human understanding. Your ways are ways of righteousness and truth, O king of all the ages. Who can fail to do you homage, Lord, and sing the praises of your name? For you only are the Holy One. All nations will draw near and fall down before you, because your just and holy works have been revealed. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? 
Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let us say together the Apostles' Creed, found on page 96. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We'll use Suffrages Set A, which begin just a little further down, page 97. Show us your mercy, O Lord. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world. Lord, keep this nation under your care. Let your way be known upon earth. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten. Create in us clean hearts, O God. Almighty God, whose blessed Son was led by the Spirit to be tempted by Satan, come quickly to help us who are assaulted by many temptations. And as you know the weaknesses of each of us, let each, find, let each one find you mighty to save. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, you have made of one blood all the peoples of the earth and sent your blessed Son to preach peace to those who are far off and to those who are near. Grant that people everywhere may seek after you and find you. Bring the nations into your fold. Pour out your spirit upon all flesh and hasten the coming of your kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us intercede for each other and for those who have made needs known to us at this time. 
it will seem like a very short break. I guess if you guys want, I could insert silence here. Um, but what I do is I pause the recording and I pray and then I come back and resume. And I kind of always assume that everybody else does the same thing. But if you want it differently, just tell me. Now's the time when I usually give you a few or many, maybe more than some would like, words on the readings. Listen, just my overarching feeling from our psalm readings and our invitations today is that of kind of a reassured faith in, in the joy to be found in community with Christ. I tend to, as my personality, um, to have high expectations and high demands, particularly high demands of myself. And so I went into this Lenten season really wanting to grasp it with both hands and to have it be a hugely transformative experience for me. Um, and of course, when our hearts are set on good things in God's will, which I do believe transformation closer to God's likeness and the person that he created for us to be is always within his will. And the enemy comes and tries to get in between. That's just the way the counter-inspirer works. That's why he's the counter-inspirer. He moves counter to divine inspiration. So I've already felt myself to be thwarted at many turns by the enemy, both like Things impinging on my prayer time, probably because I need to work on my boundaries and I let them. <laughs> um, not getting enough sleep and so I'm tired and my focus is a little off. All of these things are kind of coming together in these couple of weeks. And um, one victory that I have had is that I am doing less self-flagellation over that um, well if you prepared better if your baseline normal were more organized then all of the if thens right um, instead I'm choosing to be more compassionate with myself and I'm finding that the victory there is that I am not discouraged or distracted for as long of a time my rebound my bounce back my I guess recovery is quicker than it was back in the days where I was assuming responsibility for everything that goes wrong every day and blaming myself and beating myself up for it. So the Psalms are for me a wonderful reminder that overall, over time, as another friend by extension would say, there is joy. Even in the valley, there's joy. There is joy and peace to be found even in the middle of chaos and disturbance. So I have faith and thank you to the psalmist for reminding me that there will be joy found in God even if things are not going perfectly according to my plan. <laughs> Our Old Testament reading from... Deuteronomy, um, at first might seem problematic 
if we're taking if we're taking the metaphor um but where i think i think the message here is one for us of fixing our sights on the goal which for me and i think for many of us during the lenten season is to draw closer to christ right that was the prayer that I prayed for folks as, and I was so blessed to be able to be part of the ashes to go and, um, administering ashes. And, and so that was the second prayer that I prayed over folks after I administered their ashes was that they may come to know Christ intimately during the season of Lent or draw closer to Christ. I forget the exact words that we used, but it was something like that. And so as Mother Teresa spoke about thoughts leading to words and words leading to actions, I think that's what our Old Testament reading speaks to at the end here too, when it says, do not bring an abhorrent thing into your house or you will be set apart for destruction like it. I believe that the message here, and these are strong and colorful words, probably so that they could be held on to. But I think the message here is let's not set the first foot on the slippery slope, right? Let's not, and it's different for all of us, I think, but let's not set out towards the thing that we know brings evil into our lives or even towards the thing that is just unhelpful. So for me, for example, there are, well, I should back up a little bit and say that I have dedicated this time of my life to a time of abstinence and purity, which um, for someone with a libido the size of Texas, and forgive me if I am venturing, you can fast forward if you don't want to hear this, but um, was quite a challenge, but God has been very helpful and I've been very successful um, for almost two years now in, in that spiritual endeavor. But part of my success with the help of God in this endeavor is that I do not invite things into my mind and my home that would draw me away from this time of abstinence and purity. So I don't read romance novels with steamy sex scenes in them. I don't watch TV shows that have a lot of loose sexuality or a lot of gratuitous sexuality in them. And that is helpful. I I basically, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't tempt myself. I don't invite the thing in that leads to the thing that I do not want to become. Or said in a more positive way, and by positive I I just mean expressing that which we're going towards instead of expressing that which we're going from, just as negative space is like the cutout part, right? I focus my life around thoughts and pursuits and activities and hobbies that are congruent with my goals in this season. 
So where I have choices, I choose very much to surround myself with things and activities and even people that are supportive of my goals. And I think that's what this is really saying here, at least to me and, and in this season. And that is, again, helpful and reassuring. I think the rest of it, um, what I really take from it is do not, um, do not be afraid. God has got this. His will will be done even when the adversary seems insurmountable. And I think we can just leave it at that for the moment because I do need to move on and you probably do too. So doing that, our New Testament reading from Titus. So this portion of Titus, as we talked about before, has some stuff that seems problematic when you take it out of context. It's kind of a relief to get to three and be able to just kind of read it as it is because it's pretty clear. It doesn't have a whole lot of... Um, communal context in there, like stuff that we have to understand, you know, the Greco-Roman culture and the patriarchal society and in which they're moving and all this kind of stuff. You can just kind of take it at face value. It only gets a little bit difficult um, because he says in 3-4, he saved us not because of any right works of righteousness that we had done, but then goes on in 14 to say, and let people learn to devote themselves to good works in order to meet urgent needs so that they may not be unproductive. I think he's trying to clarify between the two. We are not saved by our works. We are saved by grace. We could go into a long discussion about that, but we'll leave it right there for now. And, so it's a both and, we are both saved by grace and... We ought to use our works because we can't really move through the world without doing works, right? <laughs> we, we act in the world. Let us devote those to good works in order to meet urgent needs. So let me try to be a little more clear on that. We are not saved by works, but the works that we sh do should be kind of like we were talking about with the last passage towards good things and bearing good fruit. So the whole living out our life out in the world stemming from a source of the faith within us kind of thing. I hope that's a little more clear. If it's not, maybe I'll um, get feedback and then go into it more a little bit later. But that's my thought on that. Um, and the pieces here about being subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, all this stuff, it kind of reminds me of, again, that book I'm reading, The Powers That Be by Walter Wink, about um, even when the authorities are in, in power are um, evil, not returning evil for evil and resisting them with their own stuff, but using a third way, Jesus' third way, and the third means of nonviolent resistance. So instead of a violent uprising against evil authorities in power, right? But most of Titus is talking about 
both being faithful people and followers of Jesus and good and contributing members of the society that they live in. So I guess maybe there is a little bit of context here. Those are my thoughts on that. And now to our New Testament read, or to our gospel reading. This one cracks me up. You could probably tell by my voice, but I just love the way that Jesus has humor here. You know, here's, here's Nathaniel saying, what? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Like that podong place? And Jesus sees him and he's like, oh, so there are good Israelites. Like he, um, I, I just, I love this. And, and then it gets really serious really fast. And, and Jesus kind of, gives him a glimpse into his future and it's pretty mighty. I just, I like this, that, that Jesus is lighthearted, even in the, even bearing all the knowledge that he has, he still finds humor in the moment. It's very human to me and it's delightful. It's joyful. So folks, those are my thoughts about, um, our readings today and I really appreciate you joining here with me I'll give you our starter prayer from my Richard Rohr book here in just a minute whoever would save his life must first lose it Oh no, forgive me. That's not it. That was the part of the reading for yesterday. God, what is it that you want me to let go of this Lent? Is it other than what I think? I feel like this is a good one because we're inclined to... I guess we've really secularized the notion of giving up things for Lent. And so I, I like taking a moment to stop and reflect on what we're letting go of. And fix our minds on the spiritual goal. So what's standing between us and our goal? My goal is and has been for a while now to know Christ more intimately, to be able to discern his voice from all of the others. And to know his will, to know God so intimately that I know his will within me and to seek him. So what is standing between me and that goal? What is one thing that I can affect change in to remove an obstacle between myself and Christ and my goal of knowing Christ? So I pray that we all come to this awareness and are able to effect change that allows us to be transformed by God during this time of Lent. Let us say together the general thanksgiving found on page 101. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray 
Give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. We live without fear for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.